Good morning. Welcome back to Hope Wednesday. I am Elisa Flakes, and this is part two of our After You Pray, Breaking Up With Brokenness. And this part of Breaking Up With Brokenness um, is the brokenness of the soul. We want to look at the fight and how we've talked about the spiritual part of breaking up with brokenness and the role the spirit plays in being stuck and being in unfruitful relationships and, and unfruitful and unproductive lives. And now we're looking at the soul. The soul is the seat of our emotions. So it's our mind. It's our emotions. It is the psychology. We want to talk about the psychology aspect of breaking up with brokenness because you can be spiritual child, shout every day, all day, speak in tongues all day, every day, and not have good mental health. And if you don't have mental health, you are not going to have the fullness of life because remember, God made us body mind, and spirit. And we cannot ignore any of those components because it is with the mind that God communicates with us and inserts his word. We have a relationship with God by our thoughts and by our will and our and our desire. So that is so important that we check the health of our mental health so that we can move into the things that God died for us to have. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for another opportunity to share your word, your wisdom to your people. You love your people so much, and you want us to have life and have it more abundantly. You want us to live, live in victory every day because of your death. You came that we might live, Lord, and we just ask that you, Lord God, that you would reveal, reveal your plan for wellness, reveal your plan for prosperity, reveal your plan for beautiful relationships, flourishing relationships, God. And we ask that you would empower us, oh God, to sustain our attention and to seek out your word so that we might know your plan for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All righty, this is part two, you all. And this is the part where a lot of people stumble. You know, we're taught to come to church. We're taught to shout. We're taught to um, speak in tongues if you're Pentecostal. We're taught all of these things, but we're not taught how to manage our mental health. And we don't know the role of our mental health. So if you are not allowing the Spirit of God to to, uh, come into every area of your lives, then that's how you have compartmentalization. And that's how you have double-mindedness. God's spirit has to infiltrate every aspect of our lives. It has to infiltrate our minds, our our souls, and our bodies in order for us to be whole. You just cannot focus on reading your Bible. You just cannot focus on going to church. You just cannot focus on knowing scriptures. But if you don't get your psychology right, it's not going to work. You're going to be broken. This is the seat of your human experience. God wants his word to bring us back to Eden. Our psychology was good in Eden. So let's talk about that. Where did our psychology go left? It went left in the garden. All, th- all roads lead to Genesis. And I love that God shows us the problem so that we can fix the problem. So in the garden was our first inception of mental health cases, and it was through Adam. And because of the power of DNA, cells have memory, and it changed our DNA structure, and we became a product of the brokenness of Adam. It's a bloodline. It's a, it's a bloodline that 
thing that will not be changed until we leave the earth. We will continue. Even if you're a born-again believer, you still have your Adamic nature and you have the spirit man, and you still get to choose which you'll walk in. So the wages of sin was death, and it was destruction, and it was brokenness. And let's glean, and let's look at in the garden with Adam and Eve, and and how their sin, their separation from God. Remember, we talk about we talked about in our first segment that sin creates brokenness. So psychologically, the brokenness looked like um, Adam when he ran from God and he hid himself after he sinned and broke fellowship. We see there the many aspects of mental health. First, attachment. He had attachment. Now he had anxious attachment where he no longer felt connected to God. And so now he has separation anxiety. He's afraid and he is feels lonely. And now he has he has uh, cognition distortions where he doesn't see God right. When you're mentally broken, you don't see God right. You don't see people right. You don't see yourself right. You don't see um, the world right. You're just you. You just have a distorted perception because you're living in fear and you're living in brokenness. So Adam began to um, once he was fellowshipping with God and they had good union, but now the relationship is broken. And we were not made to be separate from God. In order for us to feel safe and to feel loved, we have to be connected. The Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Love is our incubation. We need, it's our habitat. We need to be loved. And if we're not connected in love, we're going to have mental health issues and be broken. So Adam and Eve, unfortunately, they broke covenant and they moved out of the security of obedience and love. And they're our first case of post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. And what that means is that they became increasingly overwhelmed. Death, they met death and they became um, the fear of death, the fear of separation, the fear of judgment, all of those things. They were overwhelmed emotionally. They were overwhelmed and they could not integrate their experience into their mind and into their spirits and into their emotions. So they had a nervous system. Uh, They had a, I'm trying to break it in a way that is not, you know, too scholastic. They had a reaction in their body that caused their heart to beat fast. It caused their, um, their, their, their minds to race, and that's what's known as PTSD. They had, uh, they were in crisis. They were in the fight or flight modality, and they chose to run and hide. And so we see here that that's when guilt came because he said, "I heard your voice, and I hid myself because I was ashamed." And we know that shame and guilt um, results in you know depressiveness and low worth and um, identity crisis. So we see here, this is where every mental health issue began. Adam and Eve lost their identity. They were afraid. They lost their sense of safety. Their cognition was distorted, all because they came out of fellowship with God. And so um, when, when we have to know that sin does that, and we have to know that trauma is inherent. Whenever you don't feel safe and whenever you don't feel connected, then you will feel um, overwhelmed and you'll be broken. And so what has to happen if we're going to heal that 
is that we have to come to a place where we're renewed and that we become reconnected, like we talked about in the Spirit. And we have to understand the role of our 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 emotions in in the earth and how if we don't take good care of it, we have the proclivity to go back to those thoughts of guilt, those thoughts to shame, those thoughts to fear. And we have a in our in our brain and in our system a memory. Yeah, we have a memory. We want to know why we can't break up with people. And because sometimes we're so attached to people and we have such an anxious attachment where we don't, we're not attached to God. So, and we're not attached to ourselves. So we feel like we need to attach to people and it causes us to be anxious and causes us to really want to have a boyfriend or have a husband. And, and so we compromise and, and so we're needy and we're dependent and we'll do anything. We'll sin against God just to be in fellowship. That is a sign that we are, are living in brokenness. And our hippocampus is the part of our brain that remembers the brokenness. And it it, it predates our, our current existence and goes all the way back to the initial trauma. So the fear we have, the um the 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 not being attachment that we have, all of those emotions and all of those memories are tied to our hippocampus. Hippocampus, and when we are growing up, of course, things happen because our family members are not angelic and our parents are not God. So we are we kind of learn on each other and we develop with one another. So we add the trauma of growing up with the trauma of our our beginning in the garden, and so now when we're in the church and we're adults, we have all this memory of disappointment, pain, and all of these, the trauma of being abused. And so it sits in our hippocampus. And when something happens, it comes back up. It comes back up for us. And it gives us the the impression that we are live and present in the moment in danger. And so it's difficult to break up with brokenness when you feel like, but I still I'm still thinking about it. I'm still having these these memories of it. And the purpose of memory is to keep us safe. It was not to torment us, but it was to help us to remember what to stay away from. But what we've done in our uh, sinful nature is, is that we have the proclivity to have a negative bias and be just become preoccupied and, and fixated on negativity. And we become uh, just continuously on the path of thinking negative thoughts and remembering what happened to us. And we relive those things and it becomes an attitude. And then attitudes after a while, if you keep thinking about it, it becomes a belief. You believe that everyone is abusive. You believe that you can't trust anyone. You believe that your life is always going to turn out like that. And then that becomes a perception. And once it becomes a perception, then that becomes your truth. And it is hard to separate people from their truth. And so when it's time to present something new, like you can have a new life, you can be loved, people have all of those memories stored in their hippocampus and all of those emotions because emotions are tied to memories. So when you have a thought, the emotion comes up, or if the emotion comes up, the thought comes up. So they're hardwired together in you, and you're wondering, 
Why can't I think these new thoughts? Because there is a strong relationship. You're addicted to your former thoughts. You're addicted to um, the trauma that happened to you and, and seeing yourself in the light that you've always, that you've repetitively saw yourself in. So you have this negative bias. We all have a negative bias because when something good happens, that's safety. We, we place it on the bottom level. And when something negative happens, it's almost like it confirms our belief that we're not loved and we're not safe. Remember PTSD from Adam was, we're not safe and we're not loved and we're separated. So that comes up for us. And we have to know that the, our memories are supposed to serve us well to keep us safe. So if we're going to change that, we have to remember also, we have to add to our memory because you can't take away your memory. And some people are like trying to by, um, you know, suppressing memories, but it's still in your deep subconscious. And that's why you dream about it. The only way to balance your, your trauma and your horrific experiences is to go back and remember the, your first initial who God made you to be. You were initially made in love. You were initially made to have power and authority. If you remember those things and remember the fall and remember your missteppings, and then on top of that, remember that Christ came to die for you. He loves you. You can be reconnected. You can be saved. Those are all the ingredients that makes it possible for you to change your paradigm, for you to change those negative thoughts, and for you to change that inner world that tells you that you're not safe. Things are horrible. Things are always going to be horrible. No one loves you. You're by yourself. You're alone. Because remember, those thoughts have their origin in the garden, and then you experience things in life that reinforce that negative bias. So now you're addicted to that mentality, and you believe it's true, but God wants you to keep remembering, remembering that he died on the cross, remembering that he, while you were yet in your sins, he loved you and he accepted you for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son when you were not doing right. And remembering that he wants to be in relationship with you because we're kind of selective. Have you heard of the term selective memory? For most of us, we're okay with remembering the sin of Adam of we're, you know, we messed up you know, we're, we're not worthy. We go right there with that. And we kind of take that negative bias of Adam that Adam had. And then we have situations in our lives that confirm that. And, and that's what we become connected to. And we refuse to believe and renew our minds that God loves us. If we're going to be changed, the Bible says, be transformed. If we're going to be changed, we have to transform our minds. The Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In science, that means be transformed by rewiring your mind because how the brain uh, fires, it wires. So if you have an experience, then there's an emotion that ties with it. So that's the firing wiring. So if you um, were molested as a child and it felt good and you're indiscriminate, you don't know that it's bad. Your conscious is not involved. So you connect pleasure with perversion. And that's how those thoughts get interlocked together and you adopt them. And so you have to rewire that. And then you have to think about God has given sex for marriage and love. And then you have a beautiful oxytocin experience. And so now you're rewiring, you know, love and sex 
with uh, w- the right way, with the emotion of chemicals that are released, the oxytocin. So you have to rewire your brain. It takes 63 days to build a new habit. 20 by Carolyn, Dr. Carolyn Leaf says, 21 days to break the habit, 21 days to build a new habit, and 21 more days to reinforce the habit. So it takes a while because our the neural pathways get set in your mind and they become uh, you become habituated to behaving and thinking a certain way. Changing your mindset is the biggest part of changing. God wrote 66 books in an attempt to get us to have his mind because our Adamic mind is it's an enmity against God. It's separate from God, and it thinks differently. The Bible says his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. And so we have to know that if we're going to rewire our brain to break up with brokenness, it's going to be a task because we have a hippocampus that is is there to help us remember, but yet we also can rewire our brain through the process of neuroplasticity. We get to rewire, and we just repetitiously rewire, and then we have a new habit. The brain habituates to things we do over and over and over again. So if you're thinking negative over and over and over again, you have to replace that with positive. And the Bible lets us know that there's some if you have a strong man, a stronger man has to come to subdue it. And that strong man is Jesus. He's the only one that can bring every thought into obedience and to the, the knowledge and the power of God. So we have to replace negative behaviors with positive behaviors. The greatest salesman said, the only way to subdue a habit is with another habit. So you have to become habituated. It has to be, you can't hit and miss. You can't uh, apply God's word one week and then stop applying it, stop reading it, stop praying it. But every day you have to be become strong in the Lord because you want to rewire your brain. It is your responsibility. The Holy Spirit will not rewire your brain without your permission. He will only bring to remembrance remembrance the things that you have agreed upon, the things that you have read and heard and kept, and that you give him permission to be powerful in your life and help you to execute those things. So it's really important that we denounce, that we denounce the, um, the, the things of our past and the thoughts of our past, once we figure out what things don't align with the will of God, we have to hate what God hates. We have to literally have a brain, uh, a mind transplant. We know about the heart transplants, the kidney transplants. We know all of these transplants in medical science, but in the spirit, in the spiritual realm and in the psychological realm, we have to allow the word of God to, to be our source and to come into agreement with it on a subconscious level. We are, the, the, the Dr. Joe Dispenza says that we are operating 95% in our unconscious, just our core beliefs, our values, our paradigms. We're deep, deep, deep in our unconsciousness where we're not even aware of, you know, the, the place where we know how to ride a bike. So now we don't have to think about it. Just those stored repetitive things. We operate 95% in that automatic um, mindset. And then 5% that we're conscious of things we have to think about. The goal is to get to the place where we are aware of our unconsciousness. 
We have to get deep into awareness. The Bible says be watchful and prayerful. And that watchful is not just watching for the enemy, but we have to watch what's in us. We have to watch the mentalities that we've uh, picked up in the world. What messages are we getting? On the internet, they're saying things like, you know, I match energy and, you know, I'm going to be this way because you're that way and I'm cutting you off. And all of these negative imageries and all of this, these messages to not love and not be like God, that reinforces our unconsciousness, our subconscious, and we're changing our core values and we're unaware of it. But up here, we think, yes, I'm a Christian and I'm because that's the thinking part of us. And yes, I'm going to do what's right and say what's right. But in our heart, we've deviated because we're getting all of these negative messages. So we have to be very careful and we have to become aware of what's inside of us. What is inside of us? Because what's in you is going to come out. You may present well. And consciously, you want to present your best Christian self and I'm prosperous. But that part of you, that 95% that you're not dealing with is where your emotional instability is, is where you cry at night, where you bite your nails, where you shake and where you don't sleep. And all of those things, they're there, but we don't become aware. We're not watchful as to what is in there. The Holy Spirit has to go in there and you have to be courageous because down there is the trauma, the sexual abuse, the physical abuse, the neglect, the abandonment, you know, the, the poor choices that you made, the, the secret sins that you don't want anybody to know. It's the infirmities, the secret sins, the things that go down deep and that you would like to suppress. But we have to allow for us to be mentally well. We have to know what's in there so that we can change that. And we change that by repetitively doing the right thing. Our, our brains were made to be a habit and be in habit form. And our brain is so protective that if you decide one day I want to be a Christian and I should have all the power and strength that people who have been Christians for 20 years have had, it's not going to work because your brain is saying, show me the money. Show me that you're serious. Show me that you're willing to pray consecutively. Pray me. Show me that you're willing to keep God's word consecutively, and I will change. We'll, we'll store this information into our hardwiring, and it will be a part of who you are. It will be your default. But until you consistently choose God's word and the, the mindset of God, your default is going to be a mental brokenness, and it's going to be <clears throat> your damnic nature. So there has to be work. The Spirit of God is not going to do that. That's going to be your choice. You have to take His yoke upon you. You have to learn of Him. You have to die daily. You have to choose to get in His Word and choose His Word daily. And as you continue to eat and do God's will, it becomes second nature. And when you do that, you will find that your mental health comes into order. You'll be rewired. You'll change that belief, I don't deserve God doesn't love me. I'm all alone. And you'll reinforce it. And you have to speak those things. The Bible says, so a man think it, so is he. So as you take on the God thoughts, I'm loved, wonderfully made. God forgives me. I'm the beloved of God. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm the lender and not the borrower. God has a good plan for me. He has hope. You know, I have hope because God loves me. When you start downloading those things into your subconscious, it changes your mentality and it affects how you show up in the world. It aligns your distorted mental health and allows you to be mentally well, that's how you break up with brokenness. You break up with those um, 
negative thoughts. You broke up, you break up with those patterns of unhealthy thinking, those patterns. You call your, your, your emotions into questions. You regulate your emotions by the word of God and by having the mind of God. If you think God thoughts, you will have godly emotions. But what happens is, is that if you're thinking negative and your body and your mind responds with negative energy, so your body begins to hold that energy and now the energy becomes the thinker for you. Most people become led by their emotions and their emotions become their mind. So if your mind is not managing your emotions, your emotions begin to manage your mind and your feelings. You'll be feeling led and your feelings will tell you what to do, how to do it, if you should get up in the morning, if you should brush your teeth, if you should shower, if you should get a relationship, if you should praise God, if you should be happy, you'll have to check on your feelings in order to um, to live. So your feelings become the boss. God never designed our feelings to be the boss. He designed our thoughts to control our feelings and the spirit to control our thoughts and our thoughts to control our feelings. So collaboratively, they make up the whole man. So we want to be sure that we're creating beliefs that are permanent by putting God's word into our hearts, changing our hearts so that we can change our emotions and so that we can be healthy. Mental health is spiritual health. And so, but we have to allow the spirit spirits, spiritual thoughts to infiltrate our psychology, our experiences, our beliefs, and our emotions. They have to marry. We have to integrate them so that we can be and have the life that God died for us to have. I'm so excited. I'm so excited about this, that God has blessed us and given us all that we need and all that we, um, all that he wants us to have, but it's going to take a concentrated effort. If you want to walk in faith, you have to walk in the things of God, the word of God, and that faith will transform your spirit and that faith will transform your soul, your mental health, your emotions, and your psychology. We have to um, embrace those things so that we can break up with brokenness in our minds. God bless you.